0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Marked for Eternity podcast, where we bring you biblical truth on topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. This episode is made possible by the Ultra Global Partners. To find out more information about the Ultra Global, please go to thealtraglobal.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here are your hosts, Jeremiah and Paul Johnson. Welcome to the
1: podcast today. Excited to be back in the studio with Paul talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in the church today. You know, so many listeners have questions about our thoughts uh, on the Holy Spirit, uh, his role in the church at large, in marriage and family. Paul, I know for me, I'm kind of an all in on the Holy Spirit. Uh, I believe that according to Ephesians uh, 1, we receive the Holy Spirit as a deposit, a guarantee of our inheritance upon salvation. So it's a correct statement to say any believer in Jesus has the Holy Spirit. Correct. But I also believe that there's an additional baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of tongues we see in, in numerous places in the New Testament. I know that I've experienced it myself. I'm unashamed about it. Uh, I pray in tongues every day. Uh, I love to be around uh, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, His gifts, His, His active role in the church. I even know as a man, I found myself constantly encouraging men. One of the number one ways you can fight temptation, you can fight lust, is praying in the Holy Spirit. On all occasions, really strengthening, edifying yourself. Jude one is so powerful. So a lot of the questions that we're we're getting is about our personal experiences on the Holy Spirit. I know I just briefly shared a little bit of mine. I'd love to hear from you, Paul, about that. And then just uh, from a from a greater perspective. We mentioned in episode one this whole thing about the enterprise, the entertainment that's got. Where, where has uh, the emphasis of the Holy Spirit gone, especially in the Western church? So, Paul, thanks for joining us today and love to hear your thoughts.
2: Yeah, Jeremiah, again, it's an honor to be on the show with you. Love what the Lord is doing here through the podcast. Um, I think our friend Mario Murillo uh, has a, a dynamite word on this. He, he says very simply, one big reason the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not preached today is because it's the natural enemy of church marketing. Wow. That is a word to the church. We have ignored, suppressed, or even created false doctrines that will tell you the Holy Spirit is not active. He's not for today. Because when you preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost, things are going to get wild. Things are going to get messy. People are going to have to break out of their boxes and their comfort zones. And um, you know, when we turn to uh, marketing and advertising, and you're talking about the church, you know, God has called the church— as an organism. We talked about the Nate. What is the New Testament church? The, the church is a body, a body of believers that are loving, serving, honoring one another, that are functioning together as the house of the Lord. The church is an organism, but actually, the American westernized church has become an organization. She's become a business rather than a body. She's become an enterprise when she's called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I think uh, William Booth who is uh, the founder of the Salvation Army, he has uh, a really great warning. I mean, he died in 1912. So this quote is over 100 years old, but William Booth said the chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. Wow. So you have people that they you have christianity without the holy ghost you have a spirituality that I, I like what dr michael brown says he says that that their trinity is father son and holy bible mm. My Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have to learn to love the person of the Holy Spirit, to embrace the person of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it it grieves me that you have people that believe that the Holy Spirit, His role is just to illuminate Scripture to you. That's true. The Holy Spirit wants to illuminate the word of God, but that's just the beginning. Yes, as you said, Ephesians 1, he's the down payment. He's the guarantee. He's the pledge. He is uh, that that seal that we're sealed for redemption, for the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit given to us. So every believer who's born again has the Holy Spirit, but we have to learn how to fan and to flame the Holy Spirit, how to welcome and accept and embrace and celebrate his ministry, to allow him the freedom to be released in our gatherings, in our lives. Yes, you can impact and influence the Holy Spirit. You can quench him. You can grieve him. You can resist him, you can um, uh, insult him, you can blaspheme him. We want to receive the Holy Spirit. We want to welcome him and bless him in our lives. And so, yes, the Holy Spirit illuminates Scripture to us, but it's so much more than that. You can't reduce the Holy Spirit to just a highlighter. And that's what I think a lot of the church has done, where we, we say the Holy Spirit's job is just to help us understand Scripture, but the Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. He's the one whom the Father and Jesus sent to fill us and to lead us and guide us into all the truth. I mean, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this is John 16, 7, that it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I don't go away, the helper won't come to you. But if I go away, I'll send him to you. If it's going to be an advantage for the Holy Spirit to come, then the Holy Spirit has to be better than, yes, I said it, better than the ministry of Jesus. Why? It's an advantage because in his humanity, Jesus was limited in his locality. Now, the Holy Spirit, who in Acts 16, he's called the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus now fills every believer. And takes up residence inside of you and then he wants to baptize you to fully immerse you in the Holy Ghost so that you can hear the voice of the Father, so that you can be affirmed that you're a son or a daughter to him, so that the gifts and the power of God can begin to manifest in your life and you can see demonstrations of the Spirit and power. You can begin to see miracles and signs and wonders break out in your life and in your family and in your workplace because you're embraced and fanning into flame, celebrating the ministry of the Holy Spirit.
1: Paul, even as we're talking today, I just want to encourage those listening ask God for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. Maybe you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. I believe that God will fill you right now if you've asked. If you'll ask Him, maybe even some of you had some kind of experience or encounter years ago, months ago. We just want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit is for today, as Paul is mentioning. Uh, it we're we're at an advantage. What a powerful statement Jesus Himself made. It's better for you if I go. Yeah. So as New Covenant believers, you, you can tell uh, we're excited. Uh, there's joy on the podcast today because the Holy Spirit is alive and well. And, you know, Paul, we all have a choice. You know, I'm thinking here as a as a church planner, you know, when we started our church over a decade ago, you know i i was i i got a bible degree and i was advised everywhere that i turned as a young church planner here here's a cookie cutter model yeah. here's a textbook of how here's how to grow your church you know and 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 all that i was fed was entertainment enterprise information And I was never given, I I remember, I vividly remember going to a church planner seminar with several hundred pastors, and I'm thinking they're going to use the Bible as our blueprint for how we're going to plant and grow. There wasn't one scripture read all weekend. It was literally just rhetoric it was CEO. It was business model. I mean, one of the, one of the things I tell people, Paul, I mean, you know, cause you were on staff. We were in six buildings in six different years. We bought a multi-million dollar facility and then we had a sanctuary that sat over 600 people. And I tell people this from the first day we planted until the day we handed off our church, there was never a clock in the sanctuary one time there was never one time it was a how is that possible oh did you you know you had 30 people in there who really no we by the power of the holy spirit A local church family grew and expanded numerically, financially, because we just came to believe when you allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. Yeah, you study, you pray, the worship team practices. I'm not saying throw your brains on the table, but what I am saying is order was meant to produce life structure was meant to produce power. What we have in the church is a lot of structure, a lot of order of services, too much robotic, mechanical. And and we've got people listening on the podcast today, they're enslaved to a religious system. We have pastors listening today thinking, The only way I can grow my church, the only way I can get people to show up is to give them more entertainment Christianity. And I'm just telling you, not as theory, but as someone who has actually done the work of the Lord, that people are dying for this. People are so ready for a move of God. We just have to get over our fears, get out of the way, and just let the Holy Spirit have his way. So if you feel the pressure
2: to grow your church, you are being influenced by religious tradition and by the enterprise ministry monster that is the American church. The New Testament does not command or even suggest that we should be focused on numbers. We have measured success by nickels and noses, by money and numbers, and it has plagued the church and led to a performance and to entertainment. Rather than equipping sheep, we're entertaining goats. We are babysitting people and feeding the consumeristic paradigm that's out there. So when you welcome the Holy Spirit, things are going to go off script. You're going to sing words that aren't on the screen. The the anointing of God is going to come, maybe not even upon you are you willing to yield the plan to someone or to members in in the body who may have a word of of teaching or revelation or encouragement or prophecy and it gets really fun because there becomes this hunger and this expectation in people that they show up and they're like I wonder what God is going to do today. And we know that only God knows what he's going to do today. And there's this awe and wonder and excitement that really is so much more fun than the stale, boring, to the minute, down to the nines church services that we see out there. Um, and Jeremiah, you, you encouraged this earlier. I, I want to say it as well, that you know if you're stale, if you're dry, if you're bored, pray for a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. I believe in one baptism and many fillings. You know, in Acts 2.4, it says, They were all filled with the Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And then, two chapters later, in Acts 4.31 that that same group is together and they're praying. And it says the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And so when the Holy spirit fills you again, afresh and new, there's a fire, there's a passion, there's a hunger, there's something that gets kindled. And, uh, you begin to speak the word of God with boldness. So maybe you need to pray for a fresh infilling of the Holy ghost for Liberty in your life. Jeremiah, I've got, a question for you. You've traveled extensively. You've seen the way that pastors and leadership teams do things. Why do you think the Holy Spirit does not move as He desires in so many churches?
1: Well, I think you hit on this earlier. I I think that people think, well, if God wants to move today, He just will. Hmm. And you hit on it earlier. The Holy Spirit, because He's a person, can be quenched. He can be grieved. Yes. He can be resisted. So you you have you know I mean Paul. I, gosh, I've probably preached in at least four to five hundred churches and conferences over the last decade and more. And Pete, what were they say? We're open to the Holy Spirit. We sing songs or we, we're we welcome here. And it's like the Holy you, you your service is so structured, or I'll say to listeners today, your life is so ordered and so controlled, the Holy Spirit couldn't get a word in if he tried yeah. because we just want to keep going. It, the, the show, the entertainment... I'm not even kidding you, Paul. I, I know of a church, and I'm not kidding, who, who pays a staff member $50,000 a year to do service transitions. Jesus, help us. And, and when I talk with this individual, their part of their job description is to make sure people aren't uncomfortable. So this individual helps service transitions from worship to announcements, to offering, to, I doubt they have an altar call, but just to keep it going. And when you talk about the Holy Spirit, the verse that I'm thinking is Proverbs fourteen four, where no oxen are, the trough is clean. You know, when you're a church leader, you have to recognize... If you want the Holy Spirit to move, there's going to be a mess. Yes. The Holy Spirit moving among his people because they're flesh, they're not going to be perfect. They're going to need correction. They're going to need love. They're going to need boundaries. I I think, Paul, we don't want to do the work of shepherding. We don't want to do the work of actually coaching people and helping them grow up in the things of the Spirit. So I think it's, I mean, I could say many things, but what's coming to me right now is it's twofold. I think that there's a lack of desire among church leaders to actually um, help people grow in the gifting and the grace and the move of the Holy Spirit. So we would just rather order it control it have it have a set this is what's happening and then secondly i would say i think people have a a misconception of the role and person of the Holy Spirit where they just think he's going to trump and override what they've got set up, failing to realize he can be grieved, he can be quenched, he can be resisted. And as a matter of fact, this happens at every church and all of our lives every single day.
2: Yes, and, and it happens personally too. Yes. And so we begin to grow as leaders when we stop quenching, resisting, grieving, even lying. Ananias mm-hmm. and Sapphira, they lie to the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter five, you know, lying to God, lying to ourselves. And we begin to embrace the truth and fellowship with the truth. We allow the Holy Spirit to break out on the inside of us to, to, to shake up our boxes. You know, I, I shared a a message recently. It came from a powerful encounter that I had with the Holy spirit. I mean, the, this presence of God came upon me and totally overwhelmed me, fried every circuit in my being. I actually walked past a few people and they all said that I smelled like a big bottle of wine. The presence of God was on me so strongly. I I couldn't hardly think straight, yet there was this um, lucid uh, clarity that I had where God began to speak to me. And he told me, Paul, there are three oppositions to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your region. And when we opened up our new building and our new space, as we continue to grow, we needed a bigger space. We outgrew the one we had. Because again, God is giving the increase, right? If you feel the pressure to grow a Big church, you're under the influence of entertainment, Christianity, and consumerism. When th- when God calls you to be faithful, he calls you to be obedient. Actually, 1 Corinthians 3 says that God is the one who gives the increase. Some plants, some water, but God gives the increase, not man. I think we want to plant and water and give the increase because we want the credit and the glory rather than giving that to God. But he told me there were three oppositions to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They were religion, routine, and reputation. Mm. And I see those three things really quenching and grieving, a fresh work of the Holy Spirit in a corporate kind of way. Religion is probably the greatest enemy of all. When we talk about this, we're saying like Second Timothy 3, 5, talking about a form of godliness, but denying its power. You know, the chief danger of religious tradition is the hypocrisy that it breeds inside of you. Jesus rebuked them in Matthew 23 for basically cleaning the outside of the cup, but inwardly they were ravenous wolves. Um, You know, religious people, they grow weary of repentance. They grow weary of hearing the truth. Um, You know, we emphasize repentance. We should keep preaching repentance because I think it keeps the religious spirit at bay. It drives it out of the church because it, it calls for things to be authentic. Authentic And real and genuine as opposed to hypocritical. Um, the routine thing speaks to going through the motions personally, corporately. Um, you know, when our discipline in life is void of connection, we've actually fallen into routine. We've fallen into religious routine when we're not doing things out of heart, out of a heart of love and thankfulness. Because I believe that gratitude releases grace, but ingratitude blocks blessing. And so gratitude releases the grace of God. When we begin to thank the Lord and that grace is released, we we break out of that routine, the religion that kills us. And lastly is a huge one is the reputation thing. It is crazy how many demons get stirred up in people's lives and families. Somebody gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. They see God move powerfully. They get laid out in an altar and the power of God comes upon them or they pray in the Spirit or they have dreams and visions and it's family, Jeremiah. We're talking mm-hmm. about family here on yes. this podcast. It's family that gets stirred up. It's an aunt, an uncle, a grandfather who's a pastor that they haven't talked to or that mm-hmm. you know never cared. I mean, it's crazy. You have people that they were they were living in sin and their family members didn't care, but then they get baptized in the Holy Spirit and now everybody wants to have a talk and a sit down with them. That's the religious spirit that gets stirred up, and it's that reputation piece that we have to die to Jesus serving God and doing the will of God, it cost him his very life. People hated him, although he was pure. They criticized him, although he did nothing wrong. He was totally innocent, and yet in the eyes of sinful people, he was guilty enough to be murdered. When we allow our reputation to die and to give it to the Lord, I mean, I've had to do it in my own life. Of, I've had to give the reputation of the church to the Lord because, yes. you know, uh, people say uh, uh, it's a cult. It's the crazy. Church, You're all these things, all these lies where the the enemy gets stirred up and accusation happens. I think that that religion, routine, and reputation, those are three huge, major oppositions to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I mean, God gave me those when I was having a powerful encounter with God myself.
1: Yeah, and you know, Paul, I I just, I feel prophetically that we are going to see the emergence of of, of a fresh breed of leaders and people in the body of Christ who are going to um, turn away from religious control, manipulation. Uh, they're going to manifest kingdom family. Uh, they're going to walk in the power of of the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to encourage those listening today um, that God is on the move. Um, He's pouring out His Spirit. And Paul, I'll just close with this. I just want to tell people right now, you mentioned that I've traveled all over and I have. I want to tell you right now, it is a lie to believe that what we're talking about can only happen in small settings yeah um i preach uh uh, i've preached at fresh start church in peoria arizona almost a thousand people they're in over four i think five years of revival every week I'm talking salvation's deliverance, you know, extended service times. I mean again, a large church. Uh I preach at the North Georgia Revival in Dawsonville almost every month. They've baptized over 20,000 people in water, almost 5,000 confirm miracles. I mean again, you're talking over 1,000 people attend this church. I mean huge, huge churches. So just want to encourage our listeners today Uh, to be encouraged, to be edified, to pray for a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. But please don't believe the lie that God could only move in small places. I mean, my gosh, uh, at Pentecost, 3,000 people were saved. They said they were drunk. Uh, People were (laughs) hearing other other messages in their own language, uh, signs, wonders, miracles, are an inheritance uh, of the New Testament church. So uh, we want to thank you for listening today to the podcast. Uh, Please continue uh, to tune in to join us, and we'll be back with you next time.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the March for Eternity podcast as we seek to bring biblical truth to this generation regarding topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. We want to give a special thank you to our Ultra Global partners who make it possible for us to release fresh content such as this in order to train and equip the body of Christ around the world. If you were blessed by this episode, make sure to go to thealtraglobal.com forward slash podcast to listen to current and past episodes. God bless and thank you for listening.